Uh, so yeah, so uh, this week's uh, this week's issue that we're covering is uh, what if number uh, four from volume two called what if the alien costume had possessed Spider-Man. Uh, for those of you who are saying the alien costume, we uh, we we mean the symbiote, the you know the black costume, mm-hmm. everybody knows and loves. thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee. Well they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating, it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Comics Paradox. Uh, joining me today, we have two very fine gentlemen. First up, we have Mr. Leo Pond. Hey, hey Leo. Hey. How's, How's it going? It? It's going well, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Can't wait to talk about this book. Yes, I can't either. And I know somebody else who can't wait to talk about it. And that would be Mr. Justin Cooper. How's it going, That's Justin? It's me. Hey, uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first time you heard that, right? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a fresh uh, 1997 <laughs> reference. I want to thank I like you. To keep my jokes timely. Yeah, yeah uh, TGIF, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had to explain what that was to my wife a week ago. <laughs> She's the same age as me. <laughs> um. So yeah, like it, it's uh, it's very it was a very interesting concept and uh, very mired in the eighties in which it was made. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, like even the art style, everything. This is um, this is just post Secret War as well. Yes, yes, it really plays on, uh, you know what, every, what the state of everything was coming back from that that maxi series that Marvel had done. Um, so just curious, um just thinking about marvel's way of thinking so this was there's at the point there was only one secret wars right 
yes at this yeah. at this point in time there is only secret wars there was no secret wars the, to the sequeling okay so when the watcher is explaining everything he says the first secret wars oh and that's interesting because the beyonder does come to earth afterwards and spider-man actually teaches him how to poop yeah so uh true story and that's what? that's where we get the first oh, appearance yeah, he, of boom he, he boom teaches him, he teaches him how to eat first that's that's yeah all right that's from. fair yeah. <laughs> he's like wait what, what's going on with my stomach now he's like oh well, that's the second part of eating <laughs> getting rid of the food <laughs> oh geez. he's like see we gave you a burrito <laughs> <laughs> you remember how you were so happy when you were putting it in you well <laughs> technically speaking you might be happy when it comes out of you but only technically <laughs> Phenomenal <laughs> cosmic power. Itty, litty, itty bitty shitting space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, why is there so much? <laughs> I don't, it was one burrito. <laughs> <laughs> How did they turn into all burritos? I don't get it. I think I just saw a boot come out of me. <laughs> a cosmic boot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a really good pickup there, Leo, because uh, I, I think it was a year and a half to two years later that they did the sequel. So th this must have been like right in that fill in spot in between. So yeah, let me, now I'm now I'm curious, actually, because I, I, I didn't catch that. And I'm glad you brought it up. But let's see when Secret Wars Dose was done. Secret Wars 2. Nope. Secret Wars 2 had already been three years old at the time that this What If was written. No kidding. Really? Yep. This What If, if you can make it out uh, at the very uh, bottom. October says, 89. Yep. October 89. Holy uh, crap. Yep. And Secret Wars 2 was in 1986. A nine issue. Oh, they didn't even go the full year on that one, guys. Just They just brought it to term with nine issues. <laughs> See, I thought this well, one was earlier than 89. I, I, I had a hard time catching the fine print on this. I had to pull it like super close to my little mole-like eyes and I was trying to read it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that that would have been interesting had it not been because then that would have been, you know, quite the hint drop that they were going to do a sequel series. But uh, nope, nope, it was a thing. So the Beyonder already learned how to eat and poop. Everybody poops. Especially the Beyonder. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the uh, the whole premise behind this, you know, what if the alien costume had possessed Spider-Man? Uh, we get into it. I mean, the uh, the watcher, Uatu, goes through his usual rigmarole um, where he, he kind of spins what happened. You know, here's here's how it all went down initially up to a certain point. And uh, for anybody that's, you know, not fully aware, I mean, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, had been pulled with uh, quite a few people to go fight on Battle World by this cosmic entity known as the Beyonder. Uh, and while he was there and part of the fighting, his uh, suit, his regular red and blue webbed suit, got uh, pretty much torn to tatters. Uh, so he found this machine that he was like, oh, this must be the costume machine, like a fucking idiot, <laughs> and just walks up and some black goo comes out and turns into uh, the black costume with a white spider. And he, he, he had been on battle world with spider woman, uh, not the Jessica drew spider woman, but uh, another spider woman who had debuted during the eighties. She was part of a different kind of like government project where she could make like mind webs and it was fucking weird, but her yeah, costume she was in force works, I think in the nineties, yeah, you know, no, Julia something. 
yeah yeah something like that but she wasn't like the greatest character but her look was great uh and her costume was a black costume with like white boots and like no sleeves and uh this symbol that spider-man has on the white on the black costume that is a direct correlation to hers and peter once he saw it he was like oh well uh yeah, that co- cool costume must have just been on my mind. So that's why the costume looks like this now. Okay, back to Earth. And uh, didn't question it. Because Peter's the fucking smartest guy on the face of the planet. <laughs> and so he brings this new black goop that looks like a costume home t- to Earth with him. And uh, he, you know, finds himself kind of feeling more and more drained as time's going on. And that is because the costume is taking control of his body when he is actually going to sleep so where he thinks he's actually you know in a restful state his body's being run ragged constantly like 24 hours a day and we find out because he goes to visit reed richards that it's actually a what they they're calling it a parasite at that point in time uh it's trying to wear peter parker down so it can actually take him take control take him over uh, now, thankfully, because he went to Reed Richards at that point in time and they were able to identify it, uh, they were able to kind of like blast the thing off because they saw that it was sensitive to, to sonic waves and it went off slinking into the shadows and then tried one last gambit to get at Peter again. And that's when you get the classic Peter ripping off the symbiote while he's standing between church bells because the, the sonic waves from the bells are you know, like rip, allowing him to get it off of him. Uh, and at that point in time, they, he thought maybe the symbiote was destroyed because of it. But then we know that it just made its way to Eddie Brock and fed off their mutual hatred for Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, thus actually creating a, a true symbiosis because there's an agreement between the two of them. And that's why he doesn't deplete Eddie Brock of his life energy. And that, uh, that's a good thing that you mentioned that piece for this story, because that's something that I actually had forgotten about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, you know, th- see, that's something that's always been prevalent in my mind when it comes to the character of Venom is uh, they actually have uh, and it's not tacit. It's a it's a it's a straight up verbal agreement between the symbiote and Eddie Brock where he won't try to drain him. They will work together because they both hate like Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker and the symbiote hates Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. So they they just figured like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and that's why Venom is. Uh, otherwise, the symbiote would likely, if it found Eddie to be a suitable host, it would just try to drain everything out of him, and that's that. Move on to the next suitable. So but wasn't it something where he was actually like bonded with it permanently, so it like couldn't be removed? Though, like I thought that was the thing about Eddie. And I no, the symbiote made a choice. It's not so. Oh. Yeah, it's not so much that the symbiote can't; it's the symbiote won't. You know, it basically, insofar as a symbiote could could go, like it formed a friendship of sorts with Eddie, and and it, you know, it becomes a, a matter of comfort, and you know, the devil you know. So the symbiote, it, it has a personality, it, it has a it has a mind, just like any other living thing. I mean, it, it got accustomed to Eddie, and Eddie accustomed to it, so makes perfect sense that they would continue on working together for as long as possible. And 
kind of gets to the point where the symbiote and Eddie both kind of give up on the idea of like destroying Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. And then you get like Venom lethal protector and uh, yeah, he becomes more of an anti-pyre, the funeral pyre. And then uh, the madness where he faces off against the juggernaut, you know, like all those sort of fun yeah. 90s, very, ones. very 90s events. Yeah. You must've um, read that Leo, right? Oh, yeah, he fights yeah. the juggernaut. That was awesome. Uh, oh, not the juggernaut. I, I picked up lethal protector. Um, I have Lethal Protector number one. I don't remember yeah. ever having read yeah. it. That that's gone up in price recently, and it, it goes up and down. Um, yeah, we we just had like the uh, the artist for that out here, maybe like a year ago or something like that. He's signing them and all that. It, it it kind of like it goes between like sixty bucks and like maybe like seventy seventy five. And you know, with the movie out, I imagine it's shooting up a little bit. But there's a cool actually, red actually, chromium cover, and that's yeah, that's like yeah, the reason I bought it when I was a kid, honestly. Was the cover. I, I, I thought it jumped up a lot more than that. Um, I had this other one that was pretty cool. It was a Ron Lim story, and he actually wrote it and um, did the art for it. And it was about uh, Venom going into like a Supermax prison, almost like a Suicide Squad type story. It is, um, hmm. it's like pure pulp, you know, like exactly what you'd expect. And like the characterizations and all that of like like all the Avengers that are in there and all that is just like wow this is like this is like schlock so <laughs> it's like I forget what it is but it's like some of the stories are not like the best and, and um, I guess they just kind of like threw artists at them sometimes but um, I, I remember reading a lot of Venom comics when I when I was a kid and just like he's just such a cool character to look at. Like when Sam Keith has him fighting uh, Wolverine in the forest and all that, and like he literally guts Wolverine. You know, Jubilee <laughs> comes up and she's like, "What happened to you?" He's like, "Oh, I, I got bit by a spider." Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. Let's <laughs> go so, Wolverine for you. It's kind of so, uh, well, uh, just no, uh, no. just real quick. Uh, looks like graded uh, is going for around like 180. That's not bad. Great, for, graded for at what though? Like, are we talking near me? Probably nine point eight. Nine point eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah between uh, one hundred and fifty and one hundred and eighty. Wow. Well. Oh well. <laughs> That's fine by me. I'm not going to do anything with with my copy. It'll stay in my long box in the board. Yeah. Um, Same here. But yeah, it's it's interesting. We get to the point where uh, we see that you know Eddie Brock and the symbiote formed an alliance, uh, and it's still very much the old school. You know, birth of venom look that they that they showcase uh in the little snippet where they explain like this is what really happened you know doing their whole reverse clue ending thing uh we we just have uh venom you know eddie brock in the black symbiote suit and he just has a gigantic smile you know none of the you know todd mcfarlane large teeth snarling tongue kind of stuff um always thought that the the big smile on the on the symbiote spider-man for venom was was much much more disconcerting than oh, yeah. the monstrous look uh because like he could come up on you in the dark and that like i honestly would be more frightened by this gigantic fucking weird smile than you know you'd hear that coming from a mile away like the flicking tongue and all yeah, that venom dude use use a fucking inhaler bro all right <laughs> we get it Little primatine clear yeah. that right up yeah dude needs a bib jeez <laughs> but uh and so it brings us up to that point and uh then you know it goes into the fact that uh peter parker was uh briefly dating black cat in the comics uh she you know was a cat burglar and she went through some stuff to try to get superpowers to 
put herself up on a par with Peter and, and his ilk, uh, which is how she developed her bad luck abilities. Um, and that kind of put him and her on, on the outs. Um, well, with this, like he comes back, he's still, he's in a relationship with black cat and, uh, you know, he's just like, Oh, you know, she, she goes to like make out with him. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm just not super into it right now. <laughs> kind of feeling really tired. You know, I'm just going to do the headache. I'm going to do my Peter Parker thing and, you know, take the fact that I'm dating this absolutely beautiful former cat burglar turned hero and turn it into a whole wise me scenario. You know, the huge, the huge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, l- l- I mean, let's call it spade a spade. Like Spider-Man, Peter Parker is the fucking Woody Allen of the Marvel universe. Yeah, I mean, he walks out. Oh, yeah, I just with the the pictures, I don't know how to do it, Jameson. With the, I I'm just confused. How, why won't you give me the money I need? Oh, and now I have to go explain this to my supermodel redheaded wife. This is a nightmare. No, are, are we talking no. Jerry Lewis or Woody Allen? It can be both. It okay, be both. all right. The nutty professor. We, I get it. Yeah, it's just like, dude, we get it. You're you're a fucking ball of neurosis that was given superpowers. Just stop. <laughs> like, at what point is enough enough for Peter Parker? This this dude just gets piled on, and a lot of it is his own doing. Uh, so yeah, yeah. there's there's a really weird part too that when it comes up, I'll mention it. But yeah, yeah. like since you mentioned all of that, that makes more sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, he um he goes he he explains to her like you know um I'm just feeling real real down and you know she's like maybe you had you know maybe you got sick in space which you know maybe you got a space bug which really she's not too far off if you think about it and uh you know he's like oh, I wonder you know I wonder if anybody else is feeling a little run down from being on Battle World and forced to fight a bunch of people for God knows how long until it ended yeah let me check. And, uh, you know, she's she's just kind of very ambivalent towards the end. Like, sure, yeah, have, have fun with that, dickhead. <laughs> and, and just like, bye. And, and leaves yeah, she's, she's so dejected right there. She's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm out, whatever. Yeah, I don't like, need you. She's very <laughs> fragile there. There's a lot of insecurity for, for Felicia there. Um, but, yeah, so he, he goes to see the Fantastic Four like he did in, you know, the, the normal universe. But when he gets there, the Fantastic Four are not at the Baxter building. They're off doing some kind of cosmic adventure or some other such bullshit like the Fantastic Four does. I'm sure it was fantastic, whatever it was. And uh, so Peter, being being the absolute brilliant guy he is, says, oh, you know, I know who the next best thing to read Richards is. Uh, the guy who was one of my professors in college that occasionally turns into a giant fucking reptile. <laughs> Yep. So he goes to see Kurt Connor and, um, you know, he's just like, Hey, can you tell me what's going on? Like why I'm feeling run down. And he, uh, he has him get into a cat scan and gives like some of the weirdest explanation about cat scan and how quote safe it is. <laughs> like he, like it's, it's really no more dangerous than an ordinary chest x-ray. And I'm like, Oh, you mean the thing that you still have to wear a shitload of lead on other parts of your body for, and then you stand in a completely different fucking room. Yeah, sounds Here, hold this safe. polonium. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, just just lick this uranium for a second. Just tell me if it tastes like lime. It tastes like burning. Oh, you know, that tracks, actually. Everyone has said that. 
<laughs> Literally all people. <laughs> Everyone. I, no matter who it is, I ask. I mean, they, they haven't said it exactly. It's been more like, <laughs> but you get the idea. Well, uh, just a brief history lesson. Uh, you know, when x-rays were first discovered, it was like a, a sidewalk game that people could play. You know, see your bones, you know. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of kids got irradiated. Yeah, and they, they all developed superpowers. Granted, yeah. it was it actually was one superpower. They all they all got the ability to grow tumors at an oh, exponential oh, rate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tumor boy. What can you do? I can grow tumors. Really? Where? Wherever they pop up. Can you control it? No. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so we lost Billy that spring. <laughs> Oh man, is there any way when I get into the cat scan you can give me like extra radiation? <laughs> Peter, you're already irradiated. Yeah, but I'd be like super Spider-Man. It'll be boss. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, Kurt Connors, uh the lizard, uh good old Lizzie, he he runs a cat scan on him and maybe some other kind of test. They don't show it or mention it, just a yep. cat scan. And that's when he's just like, "Oh, hey, so uh, there's not there's not a whole lot I can I can tell you about it, but man, if only Bruce Banner weren't the Hulk, then you could ask him. And Spider Man goes, "Yeah, I know, right? Okay, later." <laughs> this is classic Marvel like uh, super science where like everybody knows everything. Be like, "Hey, go to go to Hank McCoy. He's a genesist. He'll tell you about physics. Go to Kirk Connors. He's yeah. working on this. He'll tell you about that." I buy Reed Richards, but they're really pushing Bruce Banner here as like a setup. And I'm like, I don't think that's what his area of expertise is. Unless his question was about radiation specifically, I don't think that Bruce Banner would be the guy to go talk to. Yeah, I mean, because Gamma just describes like the the length between wavelengths, you know, uh, and and like that's what it is. Gamma wave radiation, large, you know, crests and troughs. Yeah, but I mean, you have to remember this was made in the 60s during the Silver Age, the birth of Silver Age. So if you if Stanley were alive today, and be like, so why did you pick Gamma? I thought it sounded cooler. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, I thought it sounded great. That's that's what you're gonna get. Like, so you, why not Beta? Because it sounds weak. <laughs> like that's that's what it that's what it was. He went with Gamma because it sounded neat. Yeah, no, I I totally I totally get it, and I stand by it. I just mean as a character, you know, um, Bruce Banner. Like, not until when you see him with the Ultimates is he presented as someone who can understand about like super soldier serums and things like that. So yeah, well, I mean, they've they've sort of changed Bruce Banner over the past like 15, 20 years, anyway, especially in the advent of Professor Hulk, because he really was upped in so far as his knowledge base. Um, due to the fact that they were pushing his his super genius like bruce banner was not just like some prodigy when it came to radiation like gamma radiation stuff like that but literally like just out and out brilliant i mean that's how that's plugged directly into his father abusing him uh brian banner uh, they 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 really utilize that, and it's been incorporated more into the character over the years. And, that, and that's the ultimate ultimate yeah retcon okay uh, so. yeah. But but I mean, Ultimates really Mark Miller really latched onto that, and since that became like sort of the prototypical uh, well for what we're seeing now, that's most popular with a lot of these characters, like AKA the MCU and such. 
uh bruce banner has become much like tony stark this like all-encompassing like brilliant dude that just if he researches something even minutely he becomes an expert in it in no time flat yeah he's he's like easily top five smartest guys in in marvel you got reed richards you've got you know dr doom you've got hank pym um and i think um wasn't goliath up there as well you know yes with it and then um and then like bruce banner so maybe like top five or something not including like moon girl or or uh ruri or any of the other ones but yeah he's like he's one of the top marvel minds i suppose yeah yeah i mean hank mccoy mccoy is like just on the edge of that list um probably he's crazy i love him but he's crazy they, well they've definitely made him crazier as yeah. time gone on because people were more enamored of dark beast than anything else you know something let's well let's fucking shelve that bullshit right now because we have plenty to talk about when it comes to hank mccoy and dark beast <laughs> in the future oh i can't wait he's sitting on my shelf behind me so <laughs> well, he's he's just watching but uh so yeah in this though uh once they've they've pretty much you know written off bruce banner or something they can go do for help uh he decides to to go back to the fantastic four and uh he gets there and reed richards is like holy shit like that thing is a parasite and uh it's it's gonna kill you but unfortunately peter parker and the symbiote or the parasite however you want to refer to it uh have reached the point of no return and it is now bonded to him so when reed richards does hit him with the sonic wave it only sort of stuns the symbiote rather than completely dispels it from Peter's body. It's latched on completely. And uh, they end up taking Peter and the symbiote together and uh, putting it in a containment unit uh, where they, they start systematically going through different ways to try to separate the two of them. They even call in Dr. Strange to do some of his mumbo jumbo and, you know, call on Yog sothoth the fucking whatever <laughs> elder yeah. God and uh you know see if see if he can get peter away from that and uh that's when the thing like fully bonds to peter and is just like you know P uh dr strange is like oh it's like i've hurled spells at the creature for hours now and still have gotten nowhere and then the symbiote immediately is like and you never will dr strange like, <laughs> i like how it's kind of become like a batman villain at this point <laughs> like such mouthing off to everybody and uh you know, it just starts touting like, you know, nothing will ever separate us. I'm the most powerful being in the universe. Some real like cosmic weirdness shit. And, um, you know, <laughs> once again, they're just like, if only Bruce Banner were available. <laughs> like, sure. I guess. Um, he, cause what, that way you could just talk about what you're looking at. Uh, whatever. <laughs> you're like, Hey Bruce, we couldn't get you know tickets to the movies. We thought this was the next best thing. You want to pull up some popcorn? Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, but they they have the symbiote Peter in a cage, and uh, finally, it it's just been knocking at it so long they're not paying enough attention. It breaks free and uh, you know neutralizes the two of them, and uh, makes its way somewhere into the city. And uh, Peter, meanwhile, we we off screen like somehow manages control for a couple of minutes and makes his way to a phone. And tries to contact Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, his girlfriend, and say, like, I need help. And, you know, there's something going on. And then the fucking symbiote just seeps right in. He's like, nope, forget about it. Spider-Man's dead. I'm him now. <laughs> and hangs up the phone. And she's all, you know, very melodramatic. No! 
in the or you know Vader Vader esque if you want. No. I, I do like that we get a really good sense that she does care about Peter, which which is really kind of cool characterization. She's the only female in this entire book because we don't see Sue Storm or anything like that. Well, she's not the only. There's there's a cameo from from two down the road, but she's the only one that we get like a perspective from on how what's happening to Peter affects the characters around him. She's like our only sort of like eyepiece to see that. At, yeah, um, it's 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 actually pretty interesting to to note that um, they do in a rare instance even in what if uh talking about seeing what somebody's presence or absence can do um as we're going along here uh you know she she's freaking out she goes to fantastic four to say like you know uh, you know this just happened and the thing took over and he hung up on me and now i don't know where he is and reed richards is just like i'm i'm working on a few things to try to help him you know uh, it's like right there in the top of my list it's like Cure Ben, help Peter. <laughs> like I'm right on top of those two things. Don't worry. I feel about like it. that's that's on the honeydew list that just keeps getting pushed down, and it's oh. like you know Sue's asking him to do something, and it's like, oh yeah, I gotta cure Ben today. Oh well, could you you know could you like take the car to get washed first? Oh, well, I guess I guess he won't mind. You know, live as living rock what's, for another day. What's one, what's oh. one more day is you know living orange rock. Yeah, yeah exactly. he'll, he'll be fine. No bigs. Uh, but uh, yeah, she. Well, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna just bring up real quick. Uh, what did you guys think of the design of uh, oh. of the you know when the symbiote became merged? It, they just basically added just these little swirls coming off of them. Yeah, I actually kind of thought that was interesting um, to to differentiate, but without like the subterfuge would last if you saw him go by, but you wouldn't necessarily know like there's something wrong or something different going on i like um, the elongated jaw that he has yeah that's always fun well you gotta have the elongated jaw if you're gonna have a gigantic smile like that right yeah, he he looks like um like spawn or something right now like you can see where that comes from oh yeah for sure uh but i actually dug it just because of the fact that it's sort of like the symbiote it has so much power now because it's just maintain it's it's gotten full control of peter parker so it's like drunk with its own its own power in peter parker's body so it can't it can it's just constantly moving around around him uh because it can't stay still it's sort of like like a five-year-old with 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 sugar energy you know (laughs) yeah that's a good point yeah that's that's how i took it and i i kind of dig it i like that idea that it was just like so amped up you know and once again, you got to remember the symbiotes do have personalities. It's n- probably not just the physical thing, but like psychologically for itself, like it's super excited because it actually got its host. Like it's everything that it, it was trying to do is is now working for it. I can um, see that. Yeah, and Andy's got powers too, so I mean that must be a bonus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean just like the fact that it, it it's feeding off this adrenaline buzz on top of like you know the the fact that this dude has irradiated blood, man, like. I'm sure I'm sure it's quite the buzz that the symbiote's getting as it's going through all this shit. Um, but you know, we we go to Black Cat and she freaks out on Reed Richards because you know you just turned my my fucking boyfriend into a monster. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And she's like, fuck you, douchebag, and jumps out of his window. We leaving Reed to be like, Why do all the women in my life keep telling me to go fuck myself? I don't get it. I don't he even probably know that. Could. That way. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true. I know I can. I've tried and succeeded. Read. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Uh, but yeah, so she um she she freaks out and she kind of goes back to her old ways. You know, she breaks into a an auction house and does a little bit of a Robin Hood thing. She she steals some I, I was it jewels or just items and she it was like diamonds or something. I yeah, wasn't sure. But and yeah, she, that's right. yeah. Yeah, and she uh she tosses them out to a bunch of destitute folks like living in an alley and shit like that. And she's like, "See what you can trade this in for." And I'm like, "Yeah, you really thought that one through, Felicia? Like all these <laughs> fucking homeless people are gonna show up with a bunch of shit that was stolen from an auction house at pawn shops across the city. No one's gonna put two and two together on that one." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, you might not get caught, Felicia, but they're going to jail. I guess that's one way to make sure they get fed every day. You jerk. Did you like the part where they all threw them back because they were blood diamonds? <laughs> oh, He's no. at conflict free. Go fuck yourself, black cat. I She's like, no, you... no, they're lab grown. You These are, are worthless to me on several levels, lady. What's cubic zirconium? <laughs> what did I saw? <laughs> what the hell is diamondonio? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so. She does that and she like feels good for a second. And then she's like, Oh no, I went back on my promise to the spider. I'm a bad guy now. Cause I stole stuff. And uh, we cut to a few days later and uh, right here, it actually shows uh, it says several days later, these three shield agents lie broken and lifeless on a Manhattan rooftop. There was no Spider-Man around to weave a web that would save them. Like, you don't get stuff like that too often in what if where it actually says like, Hey, these three people that you don't know anything about or whatever, they're just like some guys doing their thing. But if Spider-Man had been there, he would have spun a web. They would have lived, but because he's being possessed by this thing, those guys fucking, they bit the big one. And how, you know, you don't, you don't get, you don't get little things like that too often. That's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big detail showing the kind of thing that Spider-Man existed for. I mean, that right there would send Peter Parker into a fucking guilt spiral, the likes of which we have never oh, seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, because he has the great power, and with that must also come, you know, the great ability to spin webs to save people's lives. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. He, said, <laughs> he said it. He said the thing in the thing. Something about a pig. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what's going on is uh, there's a, a big old uh, throwdown going on between Hulk and uh, Thor, aka also Hulk slash the Avengers, because uh, it's really Thor and his team trying to stop him. But Thor's, you know, Thor's Thor. <laughs> He's the only one that can really go up against the Green Goliath. Yeah, um, they're all standing aside. Nobody's helping. You have Vision who can be doing from, something. They're there for moral support. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Thor. You can do it. Like, oh, man, he keeps hitting him right in the face. He's going to be really Thor tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're that funny, Hank. Shut the fuck up, Janet. (laughs) Thor, Thor. Man, if he can't do it, nobody can. (laughs) Thor, (laughs) Thor. He's our man. If he can't do it, uh, well, I mean, maybe Giant Man could just pin him down for a few minutes. (laughs) Just Maybe. I don't know. Somebody open a portal. I think also they had Wonder Man on the team because he shows up a little bit later. And I was like, all right. So literally the only person that could find him is Thor. Yeah. Well, you know, Simon, uh, Simon had an audition that day. That's I yeah, he did. I, I, <laughs> I got nothing <laughs> like he, he was needed on set somewhere. Beats me. 
but uh so this this whole throwdown is going down and uh the the whole thing is like bruce banner is just like not even registering as a presence within the hulk like they can just tell like bruce is buried very very deep and nothing that they're doing is bringing him back out uh so Stephen strange uh finally you know is just like no it's not the hulk's fault nightmare did this to him nightmare being from uh you know the the negative zone and one of uh dr strange's nemeses he's a he's he's a fucking nightmare <laughs> he is the son of mephisto i believe or is that uh, Blackheart? He's, no, he's that's, a, yeah, that's Blackheart. I'm black. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Blackheart. I get confused with uh, a lot of the Marvel demon stuff. Um, but yeah, Nightmare is a, a real fucking piece of work too. And uh, Nightmare is the one that's causing this. He he's just brought the rage full force to the front of Banner's mind and buried anything that's close to resembling the reasoning portion of Bruce. Um, because of that, the Hulk is wildly uncontrollable. Uh, and it's gotten to the point where Dr. Strange actually goes to pull a nice little Illuminati move with a portal and he opens it up. He says, I'm going to send him through this portal to a place where he can't hurt anybody or anything, but also he won't be hurt. I mean, that is exactly what the plan was for the Illuminati launching him into space. And, uh, he, he opens it right up and the Hulk is jumping at Dr. Strange when he does it. And the fort, you know, his, his centrifugal force is pushing him through his inertia. And then at the last second, you just see black symbiote hands reach down and grab the Hulk's ankle and yank him right back out through the portal. And uh, that's when the Hulk, you know, knocks out Steven Strange. I mean, the Hulk, yeah, the symbiote knocks out Steven Strange and uh, the Hulk goes to like, try to fight the symbiote himself. And, they straight up say like the Hulk finally stopped and looked at the symbiote. And just as the prey knows when it's being stalked by the predator, the raging behemoth suddenly knows fear and the Hulk almost, you know, goes boom, boom in his purple pants because of the, <laughs> the scary, the scary oily spider in front of him. And uh, that that's when the symbiote goes full ripply liquidy stuff off of himself and uh, jumps from Peter Parker's body onto the Hulk. And when he does so, the body of Peter that he leaves behind is that of a frail man in his mid 80s. Uh, the symbiote has managed to suck like 50 to 60 years of Peter Parker's life away from him in this short amount of time that it's, it's been bonded to him completely. And, uh, you know, the first person to find him is, uh, Janet Van Dyne, the wasp. And, uh, you know, he, all he can say is help me. Like he's at the, mo- the end of the movie, the fly. <laughs> Meanwhile, as this tender moment is occurring, wait, the whole- wait, wait, wait a second. Did he fall and not get up? <laughs> <laughs> help me. I have fallen and I can't get up. Oh, and I, I just like to say you've got Scarlet Witch and Vision and and the Wasp and all that all standing by watching all of this go down. You Listen, know, um, hex bolts and phasing through things aren't going to help right now. Okay, well, Justin? she she wasn't powered up to where now she's apparently the most uh, powerful person in the Marvel universe, which I still take exception to that she shouldn't be. You know, um, but it's like you know they're just Marvel disagrees. Like, <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you know, I don't have to like it, you know, because they're making millions of dollars on it. But, you know, it, it's just something where it's like it always bugged me. It's like, oh, Scarlet Witch is the most powerful. I'm like, really, though, is she? Yeah. I mean, now, yes. <laughs> yes, she is. But, but what but happens back next then, is. But back is, then, it was, yeah. all, it was all hex bolts and probability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, oh. basically, we already have Black Cat in this issue. <laughs> like, what the fuck is Scarlet Witch going to do? Oh, maybe they cancel each other out, you know, like. Um... Yeah, but what about Doctor Strange? Can't he like. Uh... He got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, uh, can't he like reverse age uh, Peter? That's oh. that's one of the things I was thinking about where hmm. he didn't even try. Yeah. You know, like like when well, we get I mean, into let's, this. Let's 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 go ahead for a second here. Uh, yeah. We 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 have Peter saying, help me. And meanwhile, the Hulk is trying to not be taken over by the symbiote uh growling at it and ripping at it and it doesn't look like it's going well for the old hulkster gang oh it yeah brother amazing that's what it looks like it looks like someone took like your your fantasy artwork and put it on the page and it looks amazing like yes. there's just something inherently awesome about seeing the hulk covered in freaking venom <laughs> yep, so cool we, yeah we, we we go to the next page and we see like boom there's the Hulk completely bonded with the symbiote, just looking like a gigantic jacked venom with a huge fucking grin, <laughs> like a giant regular ass toothy smile uh, and actually laughing. It's like if you combine venom with the Joker, like that's it's, it's so cool, you know, and, and, he, and he was fucking hopped up on venom from DC, like Bane's shit. And, uh, you know, it, he hops away and uh, just the Avengers now have to, like, lick their wounds and walk away with their tails between their legs. And uh, they have to deal now with the fact that they have, like, this octogenarian Peter Parker at the Avengers mansion. And, uh, you know, he, he explains, like, what it was like. You know, I, 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 it thrives on human adrenaline and even more so on the adrenaline of superpowered beings, which is why it came after the Avengers after it siphoned everything from Peter. And uh, then once it saw the Hulk, it, it, it knew that that was going to be its smorgasbord of power. And uh, Thor is just sitting there listening to everything that Peter went through. And he's like, Oh my goodness, that it could have been me instead of the Hulk. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, there's a lot, of sympathy. a lot of sympathy you have there. A lot of empathy you got going on there. Fucking Odin, uh, Thor Odinson, you fucking dick. And, uh, you know, this is it, right around when uh, Fall of the Mutants happened, and he ends up uh, getting his arm broken and being withered by Hela. So yeah, it was a great time for Thor. <laughs> a lot of yeah. a lot of humility to come his way at this point, and uh, he really needed it. Let's put it that way. Like the whole the whole being banished to Earth in a hammer thing clearly wasn't working as well as it should have. Uh, so some other shit needed to go down. But you know, I love the fact that like Peter just like brushes that off, like, oh wow, Thor's really keeping the focus on him here. Uh, and Peter's just like, and it could have conquered you too, maybe, you know, because it, it took so much of my power and its will took over mine. So you would have been next for sure. It's like Pete, you're you're old, like it's okay to be sad for a second. Don't don't placate the fucking Norse god's ego. He doesn't need it, he's fine. Uh, but you know, they they they're sitting there and black cat is just like, Oh, we have to, we have to kill that thing. And you know, it's too dangerous. It's going to take us all out. And then, 
Thor's just like, well, yeah, maybe, but you know, now it's bonded with Bruce Banner as the Hulk, and that means to kill it, we'd also have to kill Bruce Banner. It's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, Black Cat, it's really just like, okay, sure, but I don't see what the issue is here. Doesn't that fucking green thing like destroy things and potentially kill lots of people all the time? Like two birds, one stone, right? Let's go, let's go murder a couple birds with a rock, <laughs> and uh. You know, that's Peter comes back to like, I don't know. All I know is I've lost 50 years of my life. Yeah, we get it, dude. We know we can see you. (laughs) You're not imparting new information to anybody, Pete. We get it. Uh, And then because Peter Parker just has this weird emotional boner for his Aunt May. I'm sorry. I'm from Massachusetts. So I'm going to say aunt. All right. For his Aunt May. Um, How else would you say it? Aunt. Uh, yeah. Aunt May. I, I think it depends on the, the, the connotation. It's it's I think it depends say, on the region that you're I raised in. Yeah. I say aunt too, but my my wife's family is all from Pennsylvania and she says aunt. Which I'm like, ooh, aunt. <laughs> Listen to you. Full blown, I'm from America. <laughs> like, <laughs> we get it. Like, sure thing. Like me, like I come from a bunch of like Irish and Swedish immigrants. Like, aunt, that's where it goes, man. Aunt May. So if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but that's how I'm saying it. So he he as a as this old man with now uh, you know spiffy new suit, courtesy of the Avengers Mansion, and a <laughs> nice walking, a nice walking cane, uh, steadily approaches his aunt May's home in Queens, and uh, you know rings the doorbell, and then he says to himself, "Run away!" I'm like, bro, if you tried to run away, you'd break a fucking hip. Like, let's be honest, you know. Like, like life alert would definitely be getting their money's worth out of this dude for sure. And, uh, you know, Aunt May opens the door and he's just like, Oh, uh, 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 uh my name's Harrison. And I, I worked with your nephew at the daily bugle. He's like, Oh, have you seen him? He's like, no, not in like, not in a while since before he disappeared. So I just wanted to let you know, he like talked about you all the time and how much he loved you. And none of us thought it was weird at all. So like, yeah, he loved you and he missed you, and maybe he didn't say it as much as he should have. Uh, good luck with waiting for him to show up alive. Bye. And uh, you know, Mary Jane comes up with, "Who is that?" And Aunt May is just like, "I looked at his eyes for a second and thought it maybe it was, he looked like someone, but he's not. That's just the man who worked with Peter. I don't think we'll ever see him again." And uh, they straight up say in the narrative, like, and then Mary Jane looks at the old men crossing the street. And she'll never again see, much less marry, Peter Parker. <laughs> like, that's that's the end of those two in this story. This is the part I was talking about. This is like the weakest applesauce right here. <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't understand the character's motivations for doing this. I don't understand the the way that he's speaking to her. I don't even understand what any of this means. Like, and if you took that out of the story, fine. You know, it's it was just weird. It was like such a Peter Parker has an emotional hard on for his Aunt May. But that doesn't mean it needs to be in this comic. It's like Uh, have you never read a Spider-Man comic before? I I think we have established that neither of us are really big (laughs) Spider-Man readers. So you've read like Batman's origin story, is it showing every absolutely yeah, yeah. We always have to be reminded about how much Aunt May is important to Peter. And how she he he always worries about what she would think, and he has to keep the secret from her because he loves her and wants to protect her. But he still needs to do the right thing by being Spider-Man. 
And it's always, always about protecting Aunt May. Like, that's part of the reason why the whole, like, uh, what was it? One more day thing was just like, come on, dude, really? Like, to what lengths must you go to save your octogenarian aunt? Let her fucking die, dude. It's okay. Move on. You know, and instead yeah. it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll erase my marriage to, to my beautiful redheaded wife who I've been with for years to save my, my 80-something-year-old aunt. Why not? Yeah, why not, Pete? You're the fucking man. Uh, I took that as just a, a, a softball to get Mary Jane in there just for a frame to for yeah. to remind people, oh, shit, they're they're not going to get married. Yeah, yeah. I, get well, that. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. But at the same time, like he's very much in a relationship with Black Cat through the vast majority of this story. So Mary Jane's presence is highly irrelevant. But well, I agree with you. Like, it's it's definitely just like a a visual reminder thinking outside the story because you know at this time uh he's with mj in the books right yep yeah so yeah so i mean just tying together you know current readers with you know yeah that's true yeah people who might not know the original story they'd be like oh well she was around i guess yeah that that makes sense i get that like you said definitely a softball yeah um but then, you know, after after Mary Jane leaves the story, uh, you know, we get to, you know, meanwhile at the ranch, you know, a.k.a. next morning at Avengers Mansion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Reed Richards goes to wake up Peter in his, his nifty new Avengers Mansion fucking dorm. And uh, he walks in and there's Peter sprawled out with a, you know, just in full fucking rigor mortis or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, you know, and... Uh, Reed's just like, oh my goodness, this man's dead of old age. Yeah, I don't think anybody was going to be surprised at the cause of death. Like, oh, old old, old age, you say? Hmm. Well, I, I thought it was going to be from, like, not diffusing a fucking bomb in time. Yeah, obviously, old age, dude. We get it. He just had, he went through the same shit Wesley went through in The Princess Bride, only he didn't get a bonbon that brought him back to life. We understand. I've just sucked 50 years of your life. Tell me how that feels, Peter. Now, this is for posterity, so please be honest and truthful. Well, he is the man in black. So. Ah, good <laughs> stuff. That's clever. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's just, you know, Reed and the rest of the Avengers, they're like, oh, we'll we'll have a nice uh, a nice funeral for him in a, and this is my favorite, the next day yeah. at an upstate piece of land owned by Avengers benefactor Anthony Stark. Earth's mightiest heroes pay last respects to a young man whom they perhaps did not fully understand, but nonetheless deeply respected. So they gave him a pauper's grave. Yes, no, and he's he's buried so, in Potter's Field with so, no freaking yeah, grave. somewhere on property that Tony Stark owns. Uh, can they they can't even put a gravestone that says "Here lies Peter Parker" or anything like? Look, there's no gravestone there. Nothing. It's a mound of dirt. <laughs> That's it. They've already buried the body and they're standing over it. And uh, then as the, you know, they, they make their way and Black Cat's, you know, standing there in her domino mask crying. And uh, she, she's she, noticeably she, upset. And yes. I mean, I can understand her in this book better than any other character. For like, sure. Her motivations make absolute sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's standing there and then. Uh, next thing you know, coming up from behind her is uh, Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime, who uh, it's important to remember at this moment in time, kingpin was a Spider-Man villain. He started off as a Spider-Man villain 
And it wasn't until Frank Miller started writing Daredevil that he used Kingpin as uh, as Matt Murdock's arch nemesis. Uh, now, so at, at this at this time, this was already uh, well into the uh, the run for Frank Miller, so he would have he would have already been gone through all that. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, but I'm just saying, originally he was he was a Spider-Man villain, and he actually did play a role in how Black Cat developed uh, her bad luck powers, which mm-hmm. much to her chagrin. Uh, well, you know he stand, she's you know like you came, and he's like, listen, I you know he might've been like my enemy, but that doesn't mean I didn't respect him. You know, as stupid and foolish as he was like his, he had a lot of heart that kid, <laughs> you know? And, and like, that's kind of cool that, I mean, that that's the more respectable Kingpin that uh, we haven't really seen in a, in a while. Like he's a good qu- character. Yeah. He's still quiet and reserved and stuff, but like, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that made Kingpin like a real cool villain. I don't mean cool in the sense of like, Oh man, isn't that cool? I mean, just like cool, calm, collected. Like that's the kind of, that's the kind of guy that Wilson Fisk was. And he wasn't above saying like, listen, I fucking hate that. Like, I hate that dude. I, I can't stand him. I want him dead, but I do respect the fuck out of him. And if he, if he beats me, then more power to him. He earned it. You know, that that's Wilson Fisk's whole thing. But that doesn't mean he's going to make it easy, not by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and that's why he's one of the most dangerous villains in, in the Marvel Universe. Um, but, you know, he he's just kind of saying, like, you know, I'm here to pay my respects and, you know, then I'm out of here. Hey, do you need a ride? <laughs> and she's, yeah. like, she's like, go fuck you. Actually, yeah, I just realized I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere because Tony Stark flew us here in a helicopter. I stupidly stayed behind <laughs> some bullshit. And so she she gets into a limo with him, and uh, that's the last we see. And two days later, uh, we see Reed Richards with rocking some serious like three, four, five day stubble, um, going through all of Peter Parker's notes and remarking to himself like, "Oh my goodness, this Peter Parker was quite the gifted scientist. Like, <laughs> what a future he could have had. Like, the work he did combined with my own research, like." And on the blood samples, blah, 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 blah. I can create a weapon that can kill that thing and a tracker so he can find it and destroy it. Look at you, Reed. Going all hunter killer on everybody. That's the best. Reed Richards <laughs> known for hunting down alien entities and destroying them. That's definitely a weapon that he would use. So, you know, he, he starts kind of telling everybody like, hey, I, I, I built this thing from these papers and, and the schematics and all the work. And, uh, you know, she he's telling uh, Janet Van Dyne at the Avengers Mansion, he took the call and she's like, you know, so what do you want to do? And he's like, well, I have this weapon, but I want to use it as a last resort because it's just going to kill the thing. And we'd likely kill whoever the symbiote is on, too. And, you know, we just have to remember that we need to we need to tell the difference between, you know, what <laughs> what's acceptable and what's not. And blah, 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 blah. We don't want to kill based on rage. It's like, all right, Reed, you know, you just like had somebody taken over by a fucking symbiote and get killed. And now you have another guy that's been taken over by a symbiote. Like, at what point (laughs) do you say enough is enough? Like, let's not worry about this fucking weird thing and just get rid of it. So of all the places that they track the thing down to, uh, it's Mount Rushmore, (laughs) South (laughs) Dakota. which, uh, you know, surprisingly, that, why doesn't that show up in more set pieces for action in movies? Like, we haven't really seen Mount Rushmore in a Marvel movie yet. You think that'll be popping up soon? 
I don't know. Yeah, think about that one. The whole North by Northwest vibe. Ooh, they fucking wish they could reach Hitchcockian levels of cinema. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they get there and Reed's fucking fucking double fist in this goddamn gun. It's like a like a fucking Fantastic Four Ghostbuster with the backpack and shit. And uh, they all decide they're gonna try to go at at the symbiote and uh, the first one to you know really make their way to where Hulk symbiote is is of course Thor and uh, you know the symbiote's just like Thor you have found me and then to himself still out loud as I have planned like why why would you do that (laughs) why say that part out loud you stupid alien suit and um then it, it, it starts like, you know, it's obviously full of shit. And it's just like, please, Thor, I am truly remorseful for what I did to the Spider-Man. I did not know I was hurting him until it was too late. With this Hulk, I have agree- I have achieved a true symbiosis. I'm restoring his mind in return for the power. Banner will not die, and instead we'll both benefit, as will your entire planet, for there will be no more Hulk to menace it. Perhaps you speak the truth, creature, perhaps not. And then, of course, the fucking symbiote pulls the old one-two sucker punch and goes right at Thor and fucking manages to break through him swinging his hammer and and all that happy horse shit. And uh, it looks as though Thor might win the day because he managed to smack the hammer down and cause a, a big enough wave that the symbiote separates from Bruce Banner, who is now sitting there in his reverted human form. He is no longer the Hulk. And the costume itself is hanging off of Mjolnir. And uh, like, oh, great. Look, Thor saved the day, everybody. He, he got the suit off the Hulk and, you know, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Oh, no! What's happening? The symbiote? It's bonding with Thor? Oh, man. that's Does that sound like bad news to you guys? Uh, just a bit. It's, it's a pretty cool aesthetic, though, like when you see it. It is. It is. And more, more to the point, too, the symbiote speaking, it says something that I, I as a child, when I read this, uh, it stuck with me. And I could, I can never understand after having read this. And I know it's not necessarily canon because it's, it's what if. But the, the symbiote actually says, as it's taking over Thor, I have all the power of my previous host. Power enough to overwhelm. So the symbiote holds on to the powers of the individuals it bonds with that it possesses, which means that if, if you know it, that translates to six, one, six, the symbiote should be jumping from fucking host to host, like nobody's business, just amassing power. Oh yeah. And the fact that it's never done that it, it's mind boggling. And, you know, it, once again, I mean, you reach that point of comfort between Eddie Brock and the symbiote. Maybe that's why it's, it's, it's fine. It's placated enough just just existing with its friend. Sure, that's fine. But I, I mean, didn't I didn't read that King in Black, which came out last year. So I, I don't know. Maybe it I, did do that. Oh yeah, I didn't either. Did you, Leo? No, King in Black was that the one where the symbiote like envelops the Earth? Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I remember in Old Man Logan, there was a dinosaur that was uh, covered in, in symbiote. Yeah, but, um, it, it was. Uh, I, I tried reading it, and it was. It got really, really dark. Where this, uh, this, like, King Symbiote, like, is coming down to like kill like uh, Venom, 
Yep, that's and, that's kind of where I was at. Yeah, and like uh, the symbiote, like uh, is like literally all over the world, and like killing people left and right. It was really dark, and I I had trouble reading it. You know, it, it was just I, I I just stopped. I I it just it didn't interest me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, symbiote stuff can be a little weird anyway, and I I can't necessarily blame somebody for trying to bring it to a dark place, but. <clears throat> You know, it's still venom at the end of the day. Symbiote stuff for me, it, it, the more it's used, the less good it is. Agreed. You know, I think I think venom <clears throat> was a good enough idea. Carnage was something that I thought, you know, maybe, yeah, all right. This I, I read Maximum Carnage and I was like, uh, sure, why not? I guess the symbiotes can replicate. But going forth and just having more and more pop up. Like, all right, sure. I've seen the cartoon show Spider-Man Unlimited. I don't need any more of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I enjoyed the show Spider-Man Unlimited. I'm saying I've seen the show Spider-Man Unlimited. Big difference. Yeah, let's let's take uh, the, the tension between uh, Venom and Carnage, remove the people inside them, and just have the, the symbiotes versus Spider-Man, who then uh, goes to uh, battle the high evolutionary. What? <laughs> Sounds right to me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Why I, I flipped over to watch happened? Cowboys of Moo Mesa at that point. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Click. Yeah. Cowboys of Moo. Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, so anyway, <laughs> again, uh, it, it does manage to uh, take over Thor, but not after not, you know, Thor does put up a fight, but weirdly enough, like Thor calling down lightning to try and strike the symbiote. It just hurts him, not the symbiote. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they Reed Richards is kind of using one of his blasters, not the, the kill shot, uh, to try and see what he can do, but it just hits Thor and weakens Thor, not the symbiote, and just allows the thing to completely take over Thor. And so now we have an Asgardian fueled Hulk Spider Man symbiote. So that's horrifying. As you do. <laughs> yeah, like, like you do. Oh, it must be Wednesday. Uh, and of course, you know what? Why wouldn't his hair individually be yes. <laughs> strand by strand by the symbiote? Like that is one of the goofiest things I've seen. Just the fact that they clearly needed to like make it distinguishably Thor, and he still kept the cape. I, okay, I mean hammer, fine. Cape and hair, eh, whatever. Um, I guess it was just so wonderful that even the symbiote was like, I have to show this off. So, uh, it, it's just marvelous. what's that? Anti marvelous. <laughs> I was just thinking Edna Wolf mode would improve. No capes. <laughs> <laughs> no capes. No. Um, but yeah, so that's when the symbiote Thor, the Thor symbiote, you know, turns and says, "Oh, I need to get away. Complete the bonding," and you know, just rushes off into a fucking cave because you know can't fly <laughs> using Mjolnir or anything. Just jump into. Just dump into an enclosed space where they can easily get at you, you dumb fucking suit. Well, and, uh, uh, I, so I don't follow Thor comics, but wouldn't he lose Mjolnir at that point because he wouldn't be worthy? Yes, that that was exactly what I was thinking. At that point, it would be something where he wouldn't be able to pick him up. Made yep. with that attitude. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, the thought did occur to me, but uh, at the same time, I don't know. 
because uh, technically the symbiote isn't a person and it's still Thor. So you can make the argument. You, you could, I'm not I'm not going one way or the other. I'm just saying you could make the argument that it's still Thor, so technically he is still worthy. So he's just uh, possessed. Yeah, yeah. But, but technically he's inside the symbiote, and the symbiote is outside. So the, the symbiote Ooh, symbiote with new Thor filling. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bite, it's shocking. But uh, the outer shell that's not chocolate. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, it tastes like the blackness in my soul. That's because it is <laughs> actually, it's just licorice. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he jumps into a cave and Johnny Storm flies in after him real quick and then flies right back out because yeah, Thor Symbiote awesome. decides to use me on there to summon fucking lightning and try to fry Johnny Storm as he's flying in and uh <clears throat> then uh Photon oh I'm sorry Captain Marvel Captain Marvel uh she flies in and not Carol Danvers Captain Marvel uh we're talking about uh, Rambo Captain Marvel and uh she goes and, and starts c- trying to jack up Thor symbiote and uh she's she's doing a pretty decent job uh but then she gets smacked right the f- fuck out by uh by thor uh because he's been collecting the energy that she's been throwing at him and blasted back and fucking shoots her right out of the cave where she's like caught by star fox the one good thing he can fucking do on the team like i'll be a trampoline slash body mat for people to fall onto and and i'll make them feel good about it afterwards because that's my one fucking power yay um and, That's uh, the part of the book where I think that they they remembered they had other characters to use. Yes, I mean maybe <laughs> at least for <laughs> plot convenience, at any rate, uh, because after they they get her away and Reed is is sitting there talking about like you know they're just like nothing's affecting it and he's left to think about like oh well I do have this one thing and they're, <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh really you think maybe you'd want to use that at some point dipshit and he's like yeah I mean at some point. Maybe we'll see. Let's just see how this plays out with the next few people it kills. All right, let's just fill <laughs> it out. You know, Reed Richards, fucking Is anyone attached to Wonder Man? Like hey, uh, fucking... Simon, get in there. <laughs> All brain, no heart, just cold logic. He's he's truly the Spock of the fucking Marvel universe. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, you know he's the uh, Thor is still fighting against the bonding. It's not completed yet, and uh, that's when Thor symbiote turns and sees black bolt the leader on the inhumans <clears throat> and uh that's because reed richards teleported him there uh explaining the situation to him now black bolt's abilities are the tiniest whisper from his lips the tiniest noise causes a gigantic seismic and sonic event it just blasts everything to smithereens and that's why black bolt never speaks he has developed uh a, a form of sign language with his wife over many years since they were children uh she is the person that he can communicate with most regularly and uh that's one of the cool things about uh black bolt as a matter of fact it might be the only cool thing about black bolt because the inhumans are fucking boring as shit uh, and that's it's my opinion. Stepping stone too. It's like, oh yeah, you want your character to show he's pretty powerful. Oh well, he defeated Black Bolt. That's that's what he's become. Yeah, whoopty shit. So so I'm not familiar with Black Bolt, but 
he he was a badass for like a long time. Like he was one of those guys where it's like if if you were like gonna compare someone in terms of like power, you'd be like, well, Black Bolt. He's like a big time Marvel heavy hitter. Yeah, I mean, well, leader leader of the Inhumans. It was it was no joke, especially at that moment in time, that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Inhumans have become less and less important over the years, and nobody gives a shit anymore. Well, just just you describing the power, and I'm looking at his helmet, and that looks like a tuning fork. It is. Coming. Yeah, it's a tuning. Oh, okay, it is. Uh, yep, it doesn't do anything. It's just decorative, because <laughs> you know, cause why not? I mean, you're gonna it matches his dogs. Yeah, that's true. It does. Ma- it does match. Um, Lockjaw. Lockjaw. Thank you. I'm like, oh god, I can't remember the name. I can remember Crystal. Can't remember fucking Lockjaw. But um, Black Bolt here could literally go toe to toe with the Hulk. Like he's he's super strong. He's nigh invulnerable, and he's got that additional power where he can like level a mountain with but a whisper. Yeah, so, I mean, if he actually went, and and the thing is, like, it's it correlates to the timber of his voice too. So like, the louder he is the more destructive he is. Um, and what you see here, like the fact that it says Black Bolt screams. Yeah, if Black Bolt screamed, it would do a whole hell of a lot more than what we see in this car. Yeah, I was thinking that too. This like this is <laughs> they really situa- downplayed it. <laughs> yeah, this is a situation. No, they overstated it, I think. They they this is a situation where he would have shown up and just been like and that would have been enough. Like, boom, like, would have laid waste to the area. Screaming like that, that would have taken out a fucking county, at least. Like, it would have been bad news bears. It would have made it would have made Civil War look like a fucking playground fight. Let me put it that way. And, um, you know, so he does that. And, uh, you know, you're like, oh, look, that's a gigantic sonic blast that just issued forth from that inhuman's fucking head. So we see that from the underground tunnels where he was right there with Thor, it did separate the symbiote from him. And uh, they're standing there over it and it's, it's trying to like pull itself together and Stephen strange and Reed Richards. They're like, Oh, so how do we save it? Like, what do we do? We got to put it in stasis. We got to do this, that, and the other thing. And then all of a sudden, as they're debating on how to contain the thing, the best way you just see zap and this fucking Ray hits the thing and it just dusts out and is completely dead and gone. <laughs> Reed Richards, I love it. Sees it die in front of his eyes, like just turned to smoke and ash, and holds up his stupid fucking tricorder. <laughs> just like no life signs. It's it's dead. Yeah, you dumb shit. Like fascinating. <laughs> isn't observation part of science? You dumb fuck. Like it's right there in front of you, you stretchy asshole. And uh, you know, then you see pretty good. You know, oh shoot, where is it? Pretty good shooting for a girl, huh? And that's you see, oh my goodness, it's Black Cat who shot with her own backpack Fantastic Four Ghostbusters gun. <laughs> and it turns out, you know, she uh she took the schematics that she found, like made copies of Peter's notes and brought them to Kingpin <clears throat> because she knew he could contact the scientists that could actually make that weapon into a reality. Cause she did not trust Reed Richards to make the decision at the end of the day and turns out she was correct in that assumption. Uh, and she straight up tells them off. Like, you know, you people make me sick. You were all so concerned with doing the right thing for the alien as if it was some kind of person you could rehabilitate. Well, this, this space vampire killed the man I loved. So I did what you all lacked the nerve to do. You don't approve of what I did. 
My spider wouldn't have either. But he's dead. And you'll never know the price I just paid to see justice done. He's like, ooh. <laughs> well, and that's when we, we are given the narration that she, she went to Kingpin. And she did do that. He did that for her. But the price was a lifetime of servitude to Kingpin. She mm-hmm. is now going to be one of his basically enforcers for the rest of the rest of her life. And that life that she tried to leave behind at the behest of at that point, the man she loved Peter Parker uh, is now going to be the only thing that she has. Quite Shakespearean. Mm, indeed. Quite tragic. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's it's actually kind of cool to see one of these end on like a note like you know like oh hey shit went down stuff was bad and things are going to move on but oh man did it really affect this one person and change their life in such a huge way and um you know much like we saw that peter parker's presence uh prevented the deaths of those three shield agents earlier in the comic book uh, we see that his removal from Felicia Hardy's life in such a manner uh, has essentially, you know, for lack of a better term, doomed her to this this sort of living damnation where she is forced now to do the things that she had been taught to abhor. And uh, yeah, so that was what if the alien costume had possessed Spider-Man? What if number four, volume two? Uh, so it's a lot of fun to to look at some of the ideas put forth from this um, and how what we know now, especially from what they've done with symbiotes over the years, like we had mentioned, uh, the, the the power packing of, of the symbiote from host to host. Uh, interesting that they went that route with this one particular issue, but we never saw that idea ever, ever explored or even remotely come close to fleshed out in any other story. Yeah, and yeah. and now it's everywhere. I mean, I I, I don't follow the the uh, symbiote comics, but even looking at the Funkos, you have you know symbiote yes. everything. You know, they have uh, all yeah. of them that are venomized too, like venomized Doctor Strange, venomized Storm, venomized Hulk. Yeah, venomized Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. And they they didn't go into at all really like um, the the fire aspect. You know, where it's like the symbiote, like the two ways that you could get it were fire and sonics. And then I think with Carnage, you could only get them with sonics. No, no. Uh, Carnage was fire. Oh, it was just fire. Okay. Yeah. But, I, but I, actually, like... I actually believe the fire thing was introduced for Carnage. I believe. I could. I, be I don't know. I know it was just one of them. I, I remember the cover of it where they had someone blasting him with like a like a sonic weapon, but it's like it didn't do as much. <laughs> as <laughs> you thought. fool. I'm not Venom. <laughs> Exactly, you know, yeah. and then and he sits there like just uh, waxing poetic, so <laughs> like serial killers with symbiotes do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be carnage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, just wanted to bring this in. It's, it's uh, dude, that's cool. The, the it'd be cooler Hulk. if you just had like a giant smile instead, but okay, it'd be a lot cooler <laughs> if you did. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's like that's very cool, man. I remember, I remember reading about Hulk covered in symbiotes before it was cool to read about Hulk <laughs> yeah. <in> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, think about that though too. Like we saw several individuals in this comic book get fucking slathered in black symbiote, and uh, that's really you didn't see that no. at all yeah. in comics any other time. I mean, where else were you going to see the Hulk 
with a fucking black symbiote outside. I, of I don't think we had seen it since until they made this Funko Pop. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like the idea has clearly been there for a long time. Like the the fun of it. Oh, oh there you go. no shit. Yeah, like the the fun of that idea has has clearly been in the minds of some creators for a while. Um, but they they probably had their hands tied by what they could and could not do uh, in actual stories because they wanted to keep the focus on Spider-Man and Spider-Man-like characters. Uh, and that's and fine. Venom's so popular. He's he's always had, like, as far as I can remember, like, he's had an ongoing series forever since yeah. the Lethal Protector and all that. And if not, he's always there in the forefront. Like, yeah, um, and he's had, he's had War he's of the a, Realms. He's there. Yeah. You know? Not if it's not like a, a full blown series, he's had several mini series for sure because they always pump stuff out every once in a while to make people remember. Like, hey, remember Venom? We have him still. He's pretty cool, right? Hey, I, like, I, I like the one that they did, like him with like John Carpenter's The Thing. That was pretty cool. Oh, oh my God, Kingpin! Wow, wow. Uh, there's a. I remember reading. There's a new Venom series coming out. I think in March. Of course there is. Why? Why fucking wouldn't there be <laughs> a new one in March? Of course, and then there'll be a new one in May. Like, what? I think Venom is like such a popular character, and he's got the movie out right now. It's like you've got what Deadpool, Venom, Wolverine. You know, there's there's still going to be your tentpole characters. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's all fine and dandy. Uh, you know, I just figured with uh, the popularity of the character and the fact that uh, at the time that we're recording this, uh, you know, everybody, Spider-Mania is about to read yeah, uh, a exactly. fever pitch. We had Venom, Let There Be Carnage released, and uh, we are currently uh, about, at the time of this recording, about a month away from Spider-Man No Way Home being released. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot between those, those two things. And uh, the speculation and anticipation is running rampant. Like I said, it's just full blown Spider Mania, and um, I figured, why not? Why not take a look at a fun story that that could have gone a different way? And yeah, we all we all know how Eddie Brock gets gets the suit and, and all that fun stuff. We've all seen Spider Man Three, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think I own it on PSP UMD disc. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it's just I, I figured it would be it'd be a lot of fun to kind of take a skewed look at what could have been if uh if peter hadn't been able to stave that off with the help of his his friends funny enough i mean if you don't have the fantastic four set up in the marvel cinematic universe then if you were trying to do a venom story which i mean they don't need to worry about peter or whatever but uh because we already have uh eddie brock you know with with the symbiote but i mean after Let There Be Carnage was released, and we've all seen what the uh, implication is from the end of that movie, I'm not going to say it in case anybody hasn't seen it by the time they see and listen to this. Uh, but you know, just the fact that um, oh, geez, I just completely lost it because I was trying to focus on not saying the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, so not spoiling anything, but uh, you know, for those of us that know what happens at the end of end of uh, uh carnage um yeah well i'm sorry real quick what i was gonna say is yeah. you can't really do a whole like spider-man trying to fight his way out and have it be accurate <laughs> without involving all these big brains including reed richards like that's a very <laughs> important component to the story and i think i i mean if they do if they do end up playing with the ideas of symbiote with tom holland 
Uh, I do hope that the Fantastic Four has already been initiated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that could be a lot of fun for pretty much everybody. Well, the implications of that, uh, it, it seemed like there was already certain things in place. Hmm. How it reacted to the TV. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I yeah, I don't want to I don't want to no, I don't want to no, wax no. too too intellectual about it cuz I don't want to let anything slip, but yep, totally. um yeah, that, that you, you might you might have a point. There may be some kind of uh trans-dimensional connection to Oh yeah, yeah, because it could be a um nexus uh, nexus/hive mind. Like okay. if the, if that if if there is a version of it where it is, then it's aware because they instantly connected and mm -hmm. there's that, like I said, hive mind kind of thing going on. I don't know. We will find out. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so without get, without getting too far into that and uh, just kind of finishing this up, uh, I, this was a, a, a very fun issue to go through. Uh, a lot of the Spider-Man ones usually are, um, they can be really, really great or they can be really goofy, but still like fun to kind of razz on. Uh, and I, I'm glad to hear that the both of you read it and, and enjoyed it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was fun. Um, I like the art in it. The classic sort of uh, late eighties house style was, was pretty interesting, you know, uh, very like uh, Jim Starlin uh, sort of uh, Ron Lim. In in some in some spots it looks like Simonson, and in some spots it looks like Frank Miller. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's <laughs> I, it's, it's kind of like taking everything from that era and saying, hey, here we are. But of I think that's it, one of the things they were good about getting artists onto What If for is to play around with styles and yeah, do something that was like not necessarily aping, but kind of trying to do something in somebody else's style uh sort of a challenge slash fun to themselves because uh you know uh, mark bagley <clears throat> is the one who, who yeah the art the, on this. and that cover is yeah. something else man i i really like that and he, oh yeah he, he did a great job uh on that cover for sure and there's a lot of spots in this book that i i think he did really well and it's important to know that <clears throat> mark bagley was also the um artist on ultimate spider-man for oh Brian i didn't realize that so yeah if you look at some of the things you see in in this book like the symbiote kind of coming off of peter's body like when it's getting fully energized you can kind of get a lot of that same stuff in the venom saga in ultimate spider-man like you see a lot of those same things occurring before it stabilizes itself so well, bagley also uh if I'm not mistaken, he he uh, he was the artist in Amazing for quite some time. I was uh, thinking it was either Amazing yeah. or like Webb or something like. He like took over. Those. He took over on Amazing from Eric Larson. Yep. Who oh, that makes sense. Savage Dragon, yeah, in uh, 1991. Not too far off from this. Yeah. I, I got to tell you guys, this book did give me a newfound appreciation for Black Cat. And I, I always kind of like the character, but I really like her portrayal in this. I was a big fan of the Kevin Smith story, um, The Evil That Men Do. And um, I, I know um, like it had like Terry Dotson art, so it was like really cheesecakey and all that. But it, it was pretty cool. 
But um, I, I can see after this, like becoming more of a black cat reader. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they definitely make her a very strong character in this. Um, and, and she's it, not a rip off a cat woman. Like she's definitely a different character. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and I, I do like the juxtaposition uh, of morality from the heroes, you know, the Avengers and fantastic four to her, this thief and criminal uh, because ultimately they did not do the right thing at the end, and she did, but they are still heroes, and she is just going to be nothing but the villain moving forward. Like okay, that's she's like fucking, straight up wrath. It's yeah. fucking awful. Like it's so tragic. And you know, it's like poor Felicia, you know, more than anybody else. Like I feel so much worse for her than, yeah. than Aunt May or, or anybody. Like everybody else can get bent. Like Felicia gave up so much. And really, I, I think, I mean, Aunt May and Mary Jane. never loving him, you yeah, know, throughout, I, like, all this stuff, and you felt Aunt that. May, I was going to say, Aunt May, notwithstanding, like, she loved him and knew him better than anybody else. And nobody really was fighting for Peter. You know, they they weren't keeping him in mind, even though they went through all the rigmarole and all the, all the motions of, you know, having a fucking funeral for him and everything. Uh, they did it as a as a measure of of respect and duty but for her it wasn't about you know respect and duty it was about love and loss and i think that's that made all the difference for why the correct decision was made by her at the end so with that uh we will we will close out this week's episode of comics paradox once again it was uh issue number 4 of what if what if the alien costume had possessed spider-man volume two uh of the what if series from marvel uh a lot of a lot of good stuff that we saw here tonight um and uh we'll just uh close it off with uh having some of these guys here tell you where you can see them check them out communicate with them maybe uh justin where do you like people to reach out to you and such uh, find me on Facebook. You can find me at uh, Justin Cooper. You can find me uh, in the Dorkening group. You can find me in the Splash Pages group. You can find me in Epic Shells on Facebook, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles group. And uh, be sure to check out my podcast, uh, Geek Life HQ. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Leo, Leo Pond. Yeah. Where can, where can people find you? What can they find out about you? Uh, just Google me. But, uh, you know, more importantly, I want people to follow you guys. Uh, or check out the Dorkening. We have a uh, you know a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff, and uh, yeah, you know, just uh, like I said, just Google me. You know, th- you'll find what you need. <laughs> All right, and uh, you know, for myself, you know, I'm I'm Brandon Powers. You can come on over to the uh, Powers Combined Facebook group. Uh, you know, we're just a bunch of geeks that get together and, and have a good time, share info, and uh, number one rule is don't be a jerk. You will get kicked out immediately. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and on Instagram at this Brandon Has Powers. And uh, other than this, uh, you can check me out on uh, the Wednesday Night Dorkening podcast uh, every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Have a great night. You too. Good night, guys. Hi, everybody. <laughs>